We give our, spoiler free of course, first impressions on Star Wars Andor, the first four episodes which Corey and I were lucky enough to see, and we break down the next entry in the new Jedi Order. All then more on today's TapCap Transmissions. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to TapCaf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that's available in seven different languages. I am Corey. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing tonight? I don't know if um, the the shrieking that I put into the microphone is counts as a language, but it's just me screaming, and I just upload that. <laughs> it's kind of hard to find, but it is out there. Well, that's why it, it sometimes takes longer to get the episode posted, because you got to go the whole runtime of just shrieking. And if your voice mm-hmm. doesn't hold out for all of it, we got to hold off on uploading. It's true. It's true. Yeah, we've got some, some fun Star Wars news, some fun Star Wars Twitter drama to talk about tonight, mm. as well as a return, a triumphant return, to Star Wars The New Jedi Order. Not any of that old gross jedi order Mm. new jedi order edge of victory 2 rebirth Mm -hmm. this one yep uh so yeah very special episode today and if you're listening i think Corey and i might record something special are we gonna do that Corey? yeah i think we'll take a minute or two for that yeah i'll just explain it the embargo is almost up there's what's called a social review embargo for andor that's ending in three hours, I think it is, right, Corey? Uh, four. Is it, four I think hours. It's midnight P? No, is it midnight PST or ET? Either way, it's a few hours away. Either way, a few hours away. So if you're listening to this live, unfortunately, we can't share our uh, quick thoughts on it. But if you're listening, I think we might record something, and maybe I will just splice it in right here in a second once I'm done getting the sentence out. So... If you are listening and you want to skip this, just go ahead. It'll probably not be longer than five minutes. I'll put a timestamp. <laughs> okay, we're coming to you from the future. Uh, the podcast episode went well. You have a lot of good discussion ahead of you. But Andor, a Justin. Lot of re- a lot of red, green and stuff. Only and... towards the end. Only towards the end. We need to keep the energy yeah. level back up to how it is at the start rather than the, at the end. We don't want to yeah, infect yeah, yeah. Okay. it with the boringness. Uh, right. Not that the end of the episode—it's again killer episode towards the end. But Andor. does it feel weird doing this without anybody? Like, because now we're just talking with like uh, high energy, and there's nobody watching. Is that kind of weird? No, it's weird that we're talking without anyone watching because we never do that. But you're gonna have to edit most of this out if we just keep talking about fucking nothing. And <laughs> All then... right, okay. Andor, give me. Let's just keep this quick. Give me your because we can only give so many uh, details. Because there's a yeah. social embargo, it was called. So, so I don't want to violate your... the the review embargo by giving any... I really liked it. I don't know if I can say how much I liked it. You can say how much, just don't give it a score. Right. So I liked it very much. You can say whether it was like mid-tier, your favorite, it your is, middle favorite. It may be my favorite Star Wars show. Okay. And we got to watch four episodes. Yes. I haven't finished um, the fourth one, though. I'm only okay. a bit into the fourth one. I was watching that before we started today. Okay. I did not tweet about me watching the show and like the rest of the people were talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's been one thing. It, there's like I swear there's like a whole group of people who only get screeners just to, <laughs> to prove say they that screeners. they've got screeners. Yeah. 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 So you really liked it. I felt the same way. 
I th- I think it's very slow, but not in a bad way. Like if this were going to be Kenobi length, seven episodes long, I think maybe it'd be a little cause for concern because it is like it really takes its time. But where it's a twelve episode season, I think it's going to be a real strength. Uh, I think it's got easily the best acting out of any Star Wars show yeah. so far, especially from secondary characters. Um, and again, I can't say too much, but I think that the, um, I think that the, I, I can't remember his name, but that the Corpo guy, I think he's going to be a real standout. Yeah. I thought he was great. Um, overall though, very strong, very, very strong start. I'm really liking it. I don't know if I liked it more than Mando season one. Cause I really love that show, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it, it I'm very excited to see kind of where it goes. And I don't know because I feel I, I don't think this breaks anything. Most of what's in the trailers happens very early on as people yeah. expected. Um, so where the show is going, I've got no clue, but I think it's going to be very good. Yeah. Like if you liked Rogue One, you're probably going to like this a lot. Uh, if you didn't like Rogue One because you didn't like how it handled the characters and didn't feel like they fleshed them out enough, you're probably going to really like this because they have a lot more time to work with them in a, uh, a reasonable size cast, but not a uh, not a huge one. Uh, I think describing it as slow, I wouldn't quite go that far. I'd say it's well paced, but like on the there was never a point where I felt like okay, can we just get to the next thing? Which is how I usually mm-hmm. feel about like describing something as slow. But yeah, that that's my take. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I I do think if they had just released the first episode, for example, that people might have been a bit like. That's it. Like I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, the, sure. the first three episodes work very well together. Um, don't really think we can say a whole whole lot else. Although when this episode comes out, the actual the actual embargo might be passed. But anyway, um, anything else you wanted to to mention? Um, no. I, I will say if if you like the uh, the first like if you like the first seventy five like this feels very much like the first bit of Rogue One up until the Battle of Scarif. Like, it feels almost exactly like that, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. So you're, you're, so yeah. you're getting what was advertised, really. Like, yeah. This is, the special effects are also great. Much better than Kenobi's, I, I thought. There's one scene in particular, uh, I'll just say, Corey, during the third episode, where I was, like, thinking of another scene from Kenobi uh, that had really bad, janky kind of special effects, and this one did not at all. Um and yeah it's definitely a lot simpler on the special effects though too like it's mm-hmm. for uh, sure but yeah uh that's all we got for now we're gonna get back to the to the present day earlier us or... can you can you hit the uh, transporter please cory no? fucking transporters broke okay whatever good enough <laughs> well those were some great thoughts on andor justin thank you for putting those in <laughs> no uh, problem but do you want to go to news first? There's a few news pieces. Or do you want to go into talking about other people's takes on Andor? We're going to stay entirely spoiler-free for that. Not that there'd be yeah. any spoilers we can give for that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so um, which we want? Let's do... Let's do... Let's keep on the Andor train. Right. And do you want to give the... Since we are a Star Wars podcast... Although I don't really feel like we're a Star Wars podcast. Because I feel like a lot of the Star Wars podcasts know and hate each other. And uh, we kind of don't know the other ones that well um so i feel like we're doing the 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 very appropriate thing of sticking our nose into other people's business is what i'm trying to say yeah we we normally try to stay uh stay out of the twitter drama but this this i think annoyed both of us in a similar way Mm -hmm. so basically what's happened is with all of the 
with a lot of Disney stuff, they do early previews for some people. Uh, they do this with a lot more with Marvel, actually, but they do it sometimes with Star Wars uh, Andor. They mm-hmm. gave they've actually been doing it for a month and a half for Andor at this point, where there have been some people who have been able to see the show early. But of course, if you are sent that early, that comes uh, with an embargo on being able to put out any reviews, any social media impressions of the show, uh, even yeah. really being able to say that you got the show in some mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. But what happened? Yeah, it's was... called an embargo. For those who don't know, it's just a limit. It's like a date when you can, you know, when you can talk about things. And if you go, if you if if you talk about it before, then you're breaking the embargo. Yeah. So basically. you sign paperwork for this, legally binding. If you break mm-hmm. it, then Disney is allowed to come and repossess your house. Uh, that's my understanding of it. It may be taught differently in lawyer school. Yeah, I mean, more more likely when you break an embargo, which does happen all the time. Um, Star Wars Battlefront Two had lots of embargo breakers uh, who were quite famous for taking away some of EA's big announcements. Usually they just kick you out of the program, yeah. which if you're a journalist and you're covering something like Andor, it's a big deal. Um, because, you know, that's like a week of traffic that your site's not going to get, um, Mm -hmm. and even more. So it can be a big deal. So you don't want to, you don't want to break embargo. So you can go ahead and continue. So there's someone named John Campea who I have seen peripherally, but I don't really know much of anything about him. And he put up on his channel, his full review and thoughts on Andor, uh, I, think I don't think he actually went through with it. No. I think he he gave like a brief impression on yeah. Twitter, and then he was going to do a live stream today, and kind of kind of held back from what I understand. Yeah, well, there was also the video where he, I think he did give some thoughts in the video where he explained oh, how okay. he saw it, where he was not under uh, the embargo because he had asked to have himself removed from the Star Wars mailing list and all that, so he didn't get the invite. But he which has... I think was after. I know a little bit about him, not very much. I think that was after. Remember, he had that whole thing where it was like, I've been working my ass off for 20 years for Star Wars because he didn't get the Galaxy's Edge thing. Was that him? I thought that was, was that someone him? else. Or was I that think Christian that was someone Harloff. else. That was Harloff. Okay, was that? Okay. Uh, They're all, all, the, all these Collider people. I don't understand it because, like, I never have ever watched any of it. Yeah. So it's all very strange to me. Like, I, I don't understand why people, again, no one, I'm not trying to insult these people. I'm really not. I just don't understand why people watch these shows. But anyway. <laughs> why does anyone watch ours? <laughs> You're playing with fire there, Justin. But I still agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I was, 100% agree. <laughs> I was at a wedding. So I'll, I'll tell this after. But anyways. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So he was not invited to watch the show. So he didn't sign anything. It was sent to him but one of his friends was invited to watch the early preview of the show and basically the way it works is you get a link uh they have like a whole platform where you can watch whatever they're inviting you to watch and it's very explicit that you don't show this to anyone else you have to sign the paperwork it's all up to you but it says yeah don't show this to anyone else and his buddy invited him over to watch the show, so he got to see a, someone else's copy of it while that person was under embargo. Mm. Now, this caused a shitstorm on Twitter and other platforms where a lot of people were upset saying, oh, he can just break embargo however he wants, uh, and people getting very upset at him for 
doing this early. Now, Justin, would you like to explain to me and everyone else uh, what that actually means? Yeah, so when Corey says a lot of people were angry, in reality what he means is a lot of media people were yes. angry because they felt like he was undercutting them. And he totally was because, you know, he was posting reviews and stuff before they would. But you know what? Like, that's his right. If 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 he's if he has it, he's not under like Disney can't unilaterally say any person who watches Andor before a certain date isn't allowed to talk about it. What they yeah. can do is they can put an embargo out to certain people who get the thing. But hey, if, if I watch through Corey's window when he's watching the show, there's nothing they can do to stop me. And I honestly, ethically, morally, I I think that what he did is nowhere near kind of. When it comes to the whole leak culture, like, mm -hmm. where people go in and they actually... Like, and his reaction was pretty... Mild. Like, he said he really liked the show, um, which is pretty much all anyone can say. Either they really liked it or they really didn't like it until few full reviews drop. Um, and it's just like... that. It's nothing. Like, yeah. people are getting angry because... Probably because he's, like, one of the bigger people in the space. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous. I just, I've, I've been rolling my eyes nonstop all day today, basically. Yeah, like, ultimately, he he didn't sign anything for this. If, peop if they were able to find out who his friend was who showed it to him, that person would absolutely get kicked out of any access that they have. Uh, and if he were still on their list, I could definitely, like, they'd be within mm -hmm. their right to tell him, no, even though you didn't break anything here. You broke kind of the spirit of what that's for, and then yep. they could rescind access to him in the future. But mm -hmm. as it is, he was not under any sort of agreement. He was shown this thing, and he put out his thoughts on it. And it's hugely ironic to me, as you were saying, that a lot of the people who are kind of most vocal on this are people who very often do engage in leaks. So they might be mm -hmm. embargoed for certain things, but for things that they're not embargoed on, they will very happily go and share their leaks and they don't entire plots of the movies like these were people that were sharing entire plots of the movies they were tweeting out you know when like oh ahsoka's gonna appear in mando etc etc yeah um so, so yeah it's just it's 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 kind of selective outrage over oh you're not following the rules this time because it affects me yeah um and and yeah it, like it is a risk because there is a risk to him. The downside is, yeah, he doesn't get invited to any more things. Disney's not going to be happy with him. You know, that's the risk he takes. Um, and yeah. I would probably do the same thing. Like, if, if I didn't if I didn't care, like, I do get reviews for the, the books, which is kind of the, the, the bigger thing for me and, the, and some of the shows. It's really yeah. not that much. They often don't send them out. So I wouldn't personally do it because, you know, I'm on the list and I enjoy being on the list, but... If I wasn't, and I knew I wasn't going to be, fuck it, why not? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's... He had no agreement with Disney. He didn't do anything wrong. His buddy did. People can be angry mm -hmm. at his buddy for doing that and not facing the consequence of being removed from it. Because there's there's no way they're really able to find out unless he lives in the middle of some... Yeah. Uh, the, I, I think he's probably in L.A. I'm not 100% sure of that. Because he's... Yeah. Yeah, like, if you're in a big city, then there's going to be a few people who probably know each other and work there. Uh, but if you've lived yep. in the middle of, like, a village somewhere, then it's like, oh, there's those two people. It's probably him. But yep. aside from that, it's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I totally agree. It's just, it's ridiculous. People are just, yeah. it's stupid. But 
Anyway, what other Star Wars news? I don't know why my webcam is... Hey, smarten up. I don't know why my webcam has done that. Any other news you want to cover before we get into the book? Uh, yeah, so there's two more things that have kind of solidified since last time. Uh, there is a confirmation of the Bad Batch being delayed until mm. January, which I don't think we knew as of the last episode, uh, nope. which not super unexpected. I thought maybe it would be back on uh, late September, but honestly... I thought September, yeah. Doesn't bother me that much. We're literally going to have a show from now until the end of time. So mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it's a delay because they're upset with production. It seems like it's a delay where... It's just, just a marketing like, thing? Yeah, there's just going to be so much stuff coming up. And especially if, if they try to push it back to not deal or to not overlap with Andor as much, they're going to be overlapping with another very similar animated show uh, mm -hmm. in Tales of the Jedi. So I, I'm not too broken up about it. Makes our job a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one is that shock of all shocks, uh, Rogue Squadron has been removed from the release schedule in 2023, which I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I'm not even going to guess what it means. It's just whatever's going on with that movie. Like, I really hope and I, I think they have that they've learned 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 not to kind of over promise because it's just going to make people really disappointed um yeah so i don't want any more movie announcements until there's pretty much time for, like i would prefer if the next movie was announced with a trailer <laughs> which it's not going to happen in like nowadays where as we said fucking leakers will you know leak. I, I just don't yeah the leak it i just don't think it's likely but yeah like that's how i would prefer it because right now something star wars gets announced Especially with, like, the video game stuff we've had, the TV show stuff we have. It's like there seems like a less than 50% chance it ever gets made. Yeah. Ranges of the New Republic, um, that fucking Star Wars Eclipse, the Ryan Johnson trilogy of movies, the other trilogy of movies that never happened, the Taika movie. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I kind of hope not after watching the fucking recent Thor, which was horrendous. Um, no, I still I still like Taika. But, um, yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it seems like uh, they were trying to get to the point of like Marvel's phase and wave plans way too quickly before they were actually mm -hmm. ready with the content. And regardless mm -hmm. of what your opinion is on what is too much or too little Star Wars or Marvel, uh, at least Marvel, when they say something's coming out, it seems like they have a lot of the systems in place. Development is a lot more smooth in how they're able to get people on board. Uh, but yeah, like with the movies, the biggest thing does seem to have been uh the scheduling for all the directors and the fact that so many things got announced before anything was really solidly locked down means that it's going to be a lot of a lot of waiting it doesn't help that there have been multiple times where star wars directors have been kind of lined up for something and then have dropped some sort of stinker um like it was john Tra or john trevorrow colin trevorrow was his the book of was it book of henry was that the movie he made that people really didn't like i don't know but like jurassic world is jurassic world i mean yeah but it's it's also like you know uh and then for um for the rogue squadron one it was the wonder woman movie yeah uh i don't know i, I think Jenkins. that's what like i the, never seen it so i think the whole positively or negatively received element is what fans or the public latch on to the most. But I think the biggest thing really is just the scheduling for everyone mm -hmm. where, yeah, like, I, I think people over index on, Oh, they put out this movie that 
people didn't like. I think like the closest you get with that is Benioff and Weiss, the mm-hmm. Game of Thrones showrunners. But I don't think it's so much how the Game of Thrones finale was received that would have impacted their standing so much as the feeling that they rushed through the series and ended up with a bad working relationship with everyone involved. But, but they they finished Wars. solo before that happened, though. Didn't they? Uh, that wasn't Benioff and Weiss. That was the the other two comedy guys. Benioff and Weiss were going to do a different set of movies after Game of Thrones, and oh, then they got dropped. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, forget yeah, the names right. of the people that Ron Howard took over from for Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was another pair of people. Yeah. Just, it's it sucks. The Benioff and Weiss one kind of sucks, again, knowing obviously nothing about them, because they seem to be the ones who really wanted to do Star yeah. Wars, because there is the rumor that they kind of rushed through Game of Thrones and kind of... Um, uh, as Charlie would say, truncated the timeline somewhat yeah. so they could have time for their movies, and then they kind of got... sounds like they got fucked over a little bit, and they didn't seem to be too happy about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, that one seems to be the one where it's, like, more they're doing than any of the other ones, though. Is, mm-hmm. But, like, Star Wars still would have been there had they taken two extra years on the show like George R. R. Martin and HBO wanted to do. Mm. But either way... yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe someday we'll get another Star Wars movie. Until then, we have 30 shows that are definitely coming out, and games I mean, that we might first, see someday. The first four episodes of Andor is like, uh, it's a, or the first, however, like, you get a movie's worth of time in four episodes, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they're about a half an hour long. Um, so yeah. Uh, so do you want to get to some New Jedi Order now? Is that anything else that we're missing out on? No, I think I'm good. Um, what are we doing next week, by the way? Uh, next it... week, we are doing Andor. Um, oh, right, and then Lost Stars. Uh, are we going to do Lost, Lost Stars after that? I think we said we were. Okay, do we want to see if Alex is around? Yeah, I'll see if Alex is around. I've already finished it. I've read it again already. Um, yeah, you were saying that this afternoon, and I was like, oh, are we? did we lock in with that entirely? But I think we did. I think we kind of right. did. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot more than this book. Not that this book was bad, it's just... I liked it more. All right, you're spoiling like three weeks out of your reviews. Oh, there was one other piece of news that uh, we did settle on between the two episodes. Uh, oh? Where technical issues notwithstanding, uh, November 10th will be a live in-person episode of TapCalf. So I don't know mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking about, but we'll be in the same room. I'll be sitting where that fan is probably. It's going to be great. I don't think we're going to be able to do it in here. I don't have, know if I have enough room. Like literally... Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do for uh, I don't know what the other options are. My hotel room, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we could do it in here. I don't know. I'll, we'll think. We'll figure something out. Um, Look, if we yeah. don't do that and we don't do something afterwards, I can't write the trip off. So, Yeah, we, we might just be, honestly, rent a fucking room in the library. They've got professional recording equipment oh, there. Nice. But uh, we'll, fig- we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, so this was Edge of Victory 2. Um, and I actually, I had to give myself a little kind of refresher on what happened with number one, uh, cause all the characters are pretty, pretty split up. Starts off with, um, with Luke and Mara on one of a hundred floating islands that are not floating, sorry, a hundred kind of artificial islands on Coruscant. And I was thinking a hundred is not a lot for a planet of trillions. Like that is like the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% to get one of those islands. Yeah. So... Yeah. And Lando is one of them. 
Yeah, so like just kind of reminds me like how much people would realistically probably like hate these people who are always in the middle of shit yeah. in their universe. I mean, um, if you have a planet that's this densely populated with very limited water and it's used for these pleasure yachts, like this is not great. Yeah, like there once you get to the dock, there's a fucking guillotine just sitting right at the end. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's how Luke and Mara die in Legends. <laughs> yeah, the the fucking crowd finally gets to them and it's not good. But uh, yeah, so we've got that. And then uh, Jason is with his uh, his father and his mother. Mm-hmm. They're on a little adventure. Um and we also unfortunately get lots of uh, Jaina and Kip Duran in this novel as well. And you yeah. texted me today, Corey, and I I actually was driving so I didn't respond. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, but you said, um, how has Kip never been uh, executed? And this is the book where really, like, it was probably due. Yeah, like, Kip is, I, even including the Jedi Academy trilogy, Kip is at his worst in this book. Yeah, he's like, trying to bang a 16-year-old. No, Jaina is 18 now, to be fair, but... Oh, this is okay. the first, like, I think she, oh, yeah, her she and Jason 18, yeah. literally just turned 18, and this is the first time that, like, there's some weird groomer shit going on there, and I'm not comfortable with it. It's not good. It's not good. Just like we talked about, and just like we talked about with Leia and Han for for Princess and the Scoundrel, yes, it's legal on Felucia or wherever, you know, the age differences change, but that doesn't mean it's not weird. Especially when you're an old family friend who's known Jaina since she was probably eight years old. An old family friend who also is in a position of authority at... Like, this is like, you have a family friend who works at a McDonald's. They've stuck there. They've become a manager. They're like 32 this or something. This is a weird reference because you worked at McDonald's. I just... Yeah. It, McDonald's is a strange place for work, workplace relationships. But yeah. they were working at McDonald's. And then these kids grew up in the McDonald's break room, training to be McDonald's employees someday. It's starting to fall apart more. And then as soon as she happens to turn 18, she gets her full-time job there, and suddenly the manager is hitting on her. Like, And not even like the daytime manager. Kip's more of a, a nighttime manager. Oh, yeah, big time. turfed on the night shift because he's this fucking guy. Like, yeah. Then he blows. Yes. He, he's, he's awful in this book in basically every possible way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say his. Okay. So there's a few different storylines going on here. Um, Luke and Mara, their whole, their whole thing is just about Mara's having the baby Mm -hmm. and she's had to stop taking the artificial Vergier's tears because it's hurting the, the fetus. Um, And yeah, eventually Ben is born, of course, and he's completely healthy. We can talk about that later if you want. Not much to say. It's a nice moment when he's born. They all kind of come together and. Actually, let's just, let's just knock this out so we don't have to come back. What did you think of that storyline? I, it, It's kind of weird. that So Mara is kind of declining throughout the book. Uh, and there's a lot of weird force stuff where she's kind of building a force wall around her uterus to stop the disease from getting in. Then as a family, they all kind of come together and force blow the disease out, which I thought was a weird way to end the disease storyline. It just feels like they kind of yada yada it out of the way, which ultimately I don't have a huge problem with. Uh, I'm hoping that we get a bit more Mara doing other stuff later on. Cause I, I vaguely remember her being a more active participant 
in the Mm -hmm. war. Like I've talked in the prior episodes about how even if she's not on the front lines, like when we have all these big Jedi meetings, Mera isn't even really part of those either. Like she just talks about to Luke about them afterwards. So I'm kind of ready to have that storyline be over with. We get Ben Mm -hmm. out of it. Uh, it being I guess, literally yeah. yeah and yeah so i've got nothing else to say on that yeah yeah uh it's our uh it's our second birthing scene in the novels because jane and jason come out at once and anakin's in the comics so is anakin actually born in the comics or did he get born slightly before dark empire i don't remember actually so i think he's just kind of there maybe maybe um but yeah, so that's that's their storyline. Uh, oh, there, we also should mention the big the big thing, the title of the the podcast. Um, Borskvalia right. puts puts a warrant out for the arrest of Luke Skywalker, which which would have been a that would have been the Bantam name of the book, the arrest of Luke Skywalker or something. <laughs> um, so uh, I want your legal analysis of this uh, Luke's arrest warrant, epic or not epic. I still don't really understand what he's... I guess... So Luke is being arrested for, I guess, fighting the the Vong on Yavin during, I guess, what was ostensibly, like, a, a, a peace or a ceasefire? Is that basically the argument? Well, if he, argument? If, he wouldn't, if he didn't consider himself so above the legal system, we would have found out exactly what he was charged with. But he, instead, he fled, and now we'll never know. As far as it's we not know, the only it's time just... he's arrested either. Yeah, because he gets arrested in Fate of the Jedi as well. Is he arrested um, there, or does he just get told to leave? Is an exile did an arrest lead to it? No, because remember he gets actually arrested because oh, yeah, Noir yeah, yeah, Evans yeah. is lawyer. Yeah, and there's um, all the Kent stuff where Saba yeah. brutally murders him with no provocation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, there's not. I, I mean, it's a time of war, so I think you could probably arrest whoever you want. Um, yeah. No, it's a time of truce. Truce, yeah. But, um, I mean, the whole, like, Yavin's not a neutral planet. Like, Yavin is a New Republic planet. And the Yuzhan Vong were there. So, like, I don't quite get... I don't think the... it is. I think it's just considered a Jedi planet. And No, so because New... remember... Okay, sorry. You Because the... Remember there's that... the I forget which book it is. I assume Jedi Academy 1 where Luke gets permission from the Senate to build in the old rebel base. Yeah, but I think after that, he's kind of considered off on his own and secedes, but not secedes. You see, if, if I were if I were Luke's lawyer, I would argue Noir that... Ven? Yeah, if I were Noir Aven, I would argue that through their action, the New Republic essentially treated Yavin like one of their own planets. In um, the Jedi Academy trilogy... They put a fleet over Yavin to protect it. They were sending supplies to Yavin. Um, Yavin was discussed like in a tactical in tactical meetings. So like I think Yavin's a New Republic planet, and there are New Republic citizens living on Yavin. But Card was there firing on Peace Brigade people first. I don't really remember how that went down, to be honest. The Vong came after the Peace Brigade stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the Vong just wanted to come and scope out the the temple. It's, yeah, for sure. They weren't at war with them. They were just coming to say hi. So... Yep. Anyway, um, 
Borisk ends up dropping it at the end of the book. But it, yep. there's kind of the... It's not really a hint. It's the fact that the Jedi are becoming a political liability. And he kind of just wants... Like, Luke is made aware of the... Before the warrants actually filed or whatever that... They're coming to arrest him. And he's got like six hours to get off planet. Um, so, so it's not like they actually... Good, go ahead. I was going to say, it's not like they actually plan to arrest him. Or at least Bors kind of let it slip that it was happening so Luke had enough time to leave. He just wanted Luke off planet for a while. Yeah, like, it, it comes across very much as, like, Borsk set this up so Luke would know yeah. and Luke would get out. Because he yeah. does tell Luke later, like, I don't want you arrested right now. You might be useful. Yeah. It's like, the don't fucking arrest me. What do you mean you don't want me arrested? <laughs> he he got out. He wouldn't have got... I, I always felt like Borsk set it up how he did so Kenth could go tell Luke to get the hell no, out of No, I, I agreed, I agreed. Um, another thing, though, is that, like, Luke being arrested would probably start a war on Coruscant, yeah. as we see when Luke is escaping and the pesky Coruscant patrol craft try to stop him and Rogue Squadron has to come. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, so at that point, Luke... And Jaina, Jaina meets up with Luke, and then he sends her off to go meet with the uh, child predator known as Kip Durin. And Kip has a very interesting situation. Of course, Luke is still kind of not fully engaged the Jedi in the war. Um, so, um, so Kip is off trying to do his own thing, and he comes to Jaina with this plot. He says, basically... The Yuzhan Vong are creating a super weapon, and he shows her this image of what looks like this massive vessel or thing channeling extreme amounts of energy. Um, so Jaina goes to Rogue Squadron, who goes to Admiral Corfei, um, and they kind of create a strike force. And this is it. I'll, this is actually very slow. It's kind of happens over the entire book. Not actually yeah. that much happens with them, but it's split up over the entire book. Anyway, I'll let you kind of continue from there. Yeah, so Kip has convinced Jaina that uh, Jaina finds him, tries to bring him back into the fold, but Kip's like, we've got this big important thing we got to do. Look at this tape that is not doctored in any way, and I am not misrepresenting. And he shows Jaina the the tape of, or space tape, whatever the fuck it is. Get his thumb over something? Like, just fucking... And he's showing that there's, like, coronal mass ejections coming from a sun that... um, Almost like Starkiller Base. Yeah. And... Uh, Kip represents this to Jaina as if they're using the space around Cernpidal to, which is the planet they destroyed in the first book, uh, to build it or to grow a giant super weapon that can just blow up suns wherever. Uh, so kind of like a very mix much of like a center point station. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Jaina trusting Kip on this, believing that she's seen it. They enlist all the people that Act just said, and they have their own little Death Star attack towards the end of the book. And what they find out is that Kip did a, a tiny little bit of a lie to them, and rather than blowing up a super weapon, what they've blown up is a replacement world ship, which is essentially a huge Yuzon Vong civilian craft where they're all living. And this one was going to take all of the... Uh, all the inhabitants of some of the older dying world ships. So it was basically a direct attack on just civilian infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was a tactically valid objective because it was also their largest shipyard. 
they kind of suggest uh, are, are one of their larger shipyards. And yeah, I mean, I think like the world ships can be used to move soldiers and stuff as well. Like, I don't think there's really the implication that they... I don't remember if they actually killed a bunch of civilian Yuzhan Vong as well. But the thing is, Kip doesn't give a shit. He wants to be seen as targeting civilians. Yeah. Um, and because, he like, that's, misrepresented it to Jaina and everyone else. Yeah. Knowing they wouldn't have gone It's it. worse for Jaina because she's a Jedi and, you yeah. know, Je Jedi shouldn't be doing that. We do, but, um, we do actually get confirmation that this pretty much dooms a bunch of shamed ones. Because it's yes. going to be all the ones from Banu Mir, I think is the, yeah. the one Banu that Nenyam is, is in place on. Uh, so it's an old dying world ship that she's trying to restore, can't, and a lot of them are going to be going to this new world ship that Kip blows up. Which at the end, uh, was it Onimi or was it Shimra that tells her like, no, they're all dead. Like, we're not, don't worry about Banu Mir, they're, they're just dead. Yeah, it was Shimra, it was Shimra at the end. Yeah, so I still think valid. I still think it's valid to like not allow people to entrench themselves in the galaxy. Um, I don't think it's fully invalid, but like I think it's entirely outside what the characters involved would have yes. wanted to oh, do. Yes. 100%. And I think Kip is kind of over or overstating how tactically important this is because it is Bro just going to result in a bunch of people who the Vong don't really care about dying anyways it, it doesn't who are really starting to ally with the jedi already yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah that, that that that's totally that's totally correct um and this obviously while this is happening um uh kip not only wants to probably be romantic with jana he also wants to train her yeah. Yes, which is just it's not a good idea. Like uh, why the fuck would you join Kip of all people? Like Kip's got some, you know, he's got some 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 ideas and there's a couple that are good, but most of them are predatory or weird or bad. Yeah. Like he's genocided two people's now maybe. <laughs> At least one. Yeah, like there I've I'm more sympathetic to Jedi Academy Kip where oh, yeah. like I I do think the original representation of it was that he was essentially possessed by Exarchun and there wasn't much he could do in that situation. Uh, it was still kind of his fault because yeah. he was angry, but you can't hold someone respond. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like leading up to this point and even a bit beyond, which we'll go into later, but a lot of the authors have kind of gone back and forth on whether Kip did that or Kip didn't do that and how much Kip is going to be repenting for any of this. And Kip mm -hmm. kind of says in this, like, uh, in the meeting with Wedge about how uh, he owes so much to... Bitch. Yeah, he he owes so much to Han and Luke. And Wedge is like, yeah, and you just like screwing both of them over, don't you? Because you're just Which is an absolutely great point. After. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like during that scene, too, where um, Jaina mentions she wants to uh, she wants to pet the Bothan Admiral. <laughs> Pretty fair. <laughs> Because he's like, he's got such nice white hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, did they ever have pets growing up? I don't think so. Not that I can think well, of. Well, other than like Jason's of. whole menagerie. So I guess they uh, did, yeah. but they didn't have like yeah. a... a fa well, they did have a family dog because Chewie was around all the time. Yeah. So maybe maybe Jaina just thinks of Traced as the new Chewie. I can see it. I can see it. It is too bad that later on Trace decides that he wants to do a genocide, though, too. So It's pretty common in Star Wars. Can't have them all. Nope. 
No, you can't. Um, okay, so that's that story. Anything else well, you want to mention for that? Did I miss something, or did the super weapon blow up off screen? Like, they're going in, and then the next scene we have with them, yeah, Jane is like, wow, sure is great that that exploded. <laughs> I think Jana kind of sees the explosion when she, because she gets, her X-Wing gets shot, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, her, like, Jaina, Jaina's supposed to be such a good pilot, but, like, she's been shot down three or four times yeah. already. She's pretty good. She just isn't, like, wedge level yet. I like my X-Wing pilots not shot down, okay. Donald Trump said. <laughs> Is Jaina John McCain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah, so... It does get destroyed off screen, I think. And they also, in the midst of that battle, destroy what they call they call it the Wampa, right? And it's kind of another Yuzhan Vong ship. Well, I think that was like Wampa team kind of situation where they were. Uh, I I think I did miss some stuff in that because I was reading that and I wasn't entirely clear on what Wampa was there. And it seemed like it was a strike group that they had or the interdictor thing. It might have been mm-hmm. a Yuzhan Vong thing, but. I never went back to clarify it. Yeah, I think that I, from what I remember, I think they kind of like called it Target Wampa, mm-hmm. but I could be, that I could be misremembering. No, that that makes more sense than what I, what I have. In okay, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Wampa yeah. Yuzon Vong world ship, a New Republic designation given to Yuzon Vong warship that fought at the Second Battle of Shinpidal. It was destroyed by mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and they do something kind of interesting here. They kind of pull back a bit um, to. The tactics that Wedge used during Wedge's gamble, or that Rogue Squadron used, where they send in an interdictor first, which kind of generates a gravity bubble, and then they can use it to make a precise hyperspace jump, yeah. which is pretty, which is actually pretty smart. And you'd think they could make some sort of technology like that, like instead of a whole ship, just a, an interdictor generator. It's got a short life, and then use it to make precise jump, and then it blows up. Because they also take out a bunch of Vong ships with that, because it explodes, and the Vong are stupid. That, yeah. <laughs> that is an accurate breakdown of the Battle of the Vong are stupid there. Like they mm-hmm. there's no one really protecting it and they try to say it's because that battle group is the one that ends up at Yagdol. That seems like a weird mm-hmm. positioning of forces. Like Yagdol, south end of the core, uh yeah. Cern Pidal, super far north end. Complete yeah. So you'd think yeah, right near the, it's literally the edge of the galaxy. Yeah. I do yeah. like that uh, Keys doesn't go into too much detail on exactly how many forces are there for either side, though. Because uh, yeah. we know there's Ralroost as the flagship with Crefe on it, but there is mention of, like, Crefe's other heavy ships. So, yeah, he's got heavy cruisers, it says. Yeah, so you could really scale that however you need to. And mm-hmm. uh, the the classic Star Wars author rule of when you define, you can find. So, good job on that. But Totally. Totally. How did you feel about um, the combat in this book, though? I enjoyed the battles mm, we had mostly, but there wasn't anything super huge. It's a little wacky. Like, there's, like, C-3PO pushing missiles out of the Falcon at one point. Um, it wasn't bad, though. It was fine. Right, a we, lot of it happened kind of just to move the plot. Like, it, Keys didn't feel like somebody who really liked writing battles. Like, it seemed like a lot of them were kind of just... Mm-hmm. Kind of just there. Like, the characters were experiencing them rather than, like, it being... You know, like like a Michael Stackpole, where he's actually yeah. writing what's happening in the battle. When it's Jaina, it's like when say Jaina gets shot down, or the whole battle, the second battle of Sermpadal, it's literally just kind of Jaina telling what's going on for her. And yeah. like you said, we end up missing a lot of it. Yeah, and we'll have one more battle to kind of talk about with uh, 
Han and Leia later. But I do want to jump over to the Yuuzhan Vong now, the plot line there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Savong Law has a little bit of a plot line. He's got like two chapters, including the prologue, uh, but primarily Nenyim. So the yeah. last time we've seen Savong Law in any kind of detail, he's getting fucked up by Jason. He's Jason lost cuts his, his leg off. Yeah, he cuts his tendon, so he needs a new leg. And uh, he gets this kind of a leg from this like ancient Yuzon Vong creature uh, that hadn't really been seen for a long time. And it talks about how in order to get the leg, he had to beat the creature in like one-on-one combat. So they only needed the leg, but they grew the entire creature. And then he had some sort of like ritualistic duel with it to kill it. Then the shapers were able to put his leg on. But earlier on, like a page before, it was talking about how he could have asked for a clone of his leg. So -hmm. what I'm wondering is, if they go that direction, do they grow the leg for him or does he have to fight a clone of himself? I don't think he'd... hmm. Because it feels like the way they framed it... I don't think he'd fight a clone of him. I feel like what they'd probably do is like make some sort of like giant crab or something... Um, with that had his leg like on his shell and he had to kill the crab and cut his own leg off and then, you know. I don't know. I feel like... Or maybe it's just they clone himself and it's like the the best... Maybe you get a new fucking Supreme Overlord. Yeah. What you do is you create a clone of yourself who's missing the other leg and then the mm. first person to complete themselves, they're the new... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just He's hopping not Supreme around Overlord. in the He's, Yeah. Yeah, War Master. If yeah. the clone wins that, though, don't you just, like, kill the clone, too, because the person has deemed themselves unworthy? And, like, they don't know everything. It's just, like, a feral, untrained... Because it doesn't seem like they do flash learning or whatever. No. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but... Savon Law, later on in the book, does get news that uh, Vergier, who we haven't seen in a couple books now, has turned back up and has some some news for them. Uh, she will only tell this news to Savon Law. And I think we have to wait like 20 chapters between that announcement and actually seeing what happens there, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of chapters in this book yeah. for a short one. There's like 45 cha- or yeah. 47 chapters. For a sub-300 book pay, or page book. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I always scroll through it at the beginning, and I was like, oh my god, there's so many chapters, it's going to take me forever. And then I'm like, oh, I'm already on chapter 16. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've just been reading this during my first dump of the day. It's like crazy. <laughs> but... Verzier tells Savong Law that Jason is traveling around with Han, which we're going to get to soon. And does does anything else really happen with uh, with Verzier and Savong? I think there's it's not a super eventful plot line. No, not really. I just wanted to talk about fighting a clone of himself. The the much more kind of important Fong stuff is the Nenyims. Yeah, and this is where I like. Also, we do get some Nomenor stuff and. I've been talking about this throughout the series. I've got space in my mind for like, this is kind of the issue with the usual. Manga. I've got space in my mind for like four of them max <laughs> because the names, they're just, they're not human names. They're weird. So it's like, I can remember four of them. So it's like whenever no Menor is meaning all of these Yuzhan Vong when he's on the station, it's like, I know him, everyone else, best of luck. <laughs> like I don't got space in my brain for your name. <laughs> But you can remember fucking Ton Fannin, a seer sailor. Yeah, yeah. But I can remember them because, like, I can remember Tom Fan Ton Fannin because 
you know, he's got an interesting story. And I still don't remember most of the specifics other yeah. than his death. And with a seer, I remember her because just the... I, I, I just can't imagine a sexy Bothan, and that's supposed to be her thing. And I just... It doesn't <laughs> I don't think compute. that's supposed to be her thing. It's like Gavin well, finds her to be a sexy Bothan, but it's not like she's just there to be a sexy Bothan. But for real, though, like, I forget most people in those novels, yeah. except for the ones you mentioned. The Rogue Squadron novels, like, most of them are... So I, I do think... I actually like Nenium, so I remember her. But... Oh, I, no, Nenium is one that I do remember. Right, okay. Nenium is one that I remember, yeah. But this is another subplot where it's like uh, the men just get made as creepy as possible. Uh, yeah. Like we get the K quad at the end who basically calls her like decides that Nenyim is not a good name and renames her to like uh, Nen Sup, which is mm-hmm. it, it seems to be like calling her Nen Whore or Nen Slut or something. And or like Nem Snow. Almost from like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like the bastard name. Well, it, it's like explicitly some sort of gross sex act that he's trying to say, and then he's oh, like, I, "Oh, I, you I little minx!" Part. Whenever she says it, as if like she's trying to sleep with them or something. But there was also the uh, when she so she's been disgraced after her master shaper Mizan Quad yeah. died in. Uh, in the last book and so now she's been sent to the world ship we were talking about uh, that is close to dying there's no master there it's just like a dead end appointment where she's probably supposed to die ultimately but she's kind of continuing the heresy of uh, just doing whatever she's exploring beyond the technology gifted by the gods basically yeah and so there was what well, I think it was a master who was there initially, or there was stories about a master. Uh, yeah, I forget but the like, details I, of it because I did read that. Everyone's like, been moved ago. off the world ship basically, except her. She's the one adept there, and she doesn't have access to the right knowledge to fix. Basically, the brain of this world ship is—it's old as fuck, like probably ten thousand, tens of thousands of year, years old, and it's dying, and the ship is falling apart. Yeah. Um. So she doesn't have access. She thinks there might be the knowledge necessary to fix the the world ship in kind of the the further cortexes, like the deeper. Like she she's basically Anakin in episode three. She needs to get into the fucking Jedi archives to try to see how to save uh is, is try to save Palpatine, but instead of, or Palpatine Padme, but instead of Padme, it's the world ship. Yeah, um, we should have probably and, talked about the parallels there with Luke and Mara a bit, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, uh, but yeah, so what she ends up finding, because this, this master does come, but as Corey kind of mentions, um, he's completely fucking out to lunch. There's this really funny... It's kind of funny, too, because we read it mostly from Nen Yem's perspective. Um, and... He's high uh, as shit, is basically the... Yeah, and, and Nen Yem is basically like, she just, like, she was like, she just realized she decided it was time to kill him after all. Yeah. And she's basically ready to kill him. Um, it, it turns out, however, that the shaper isn't actually a shaper. Um, he gives her access to the Yuzhan Vong's kind of knowledge base, kind of knowing that she was going to look past where she should. And she finds out that the gods have nothing left for them. Um, and after kind of coming to that realization... Uh, she's taken to meet Shimra. This is the first time we've met him. 
right? Uh, I don't. I think there was I think, one other meeting with him. I but think it the might other be big reveal was Savon Law. Anyway, um, it turns out that this shaper wasn't actually a shaper. It's Onimi, who we'll find a lot more about later. But at this point, is basically just supposed to be the uh, the jester of uh, the Supreme uh, Overlord. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of he he knows too. Shimmer acknowledges that the gods, like you know, there's nothing else. Like there's no other secret. So he's basically what we get at the end of the book is him setting her up to, to kind of find that further knowledge. Yeah. So Shimra, the knowledge they've been getting throughout the war hasn't been oh the these are the things the god sent us. It's basically Shimra with his private weapons development filtering it yeah. out to everyone else. Uh, but there had been a master shaper on the world ship before Nenium got there. And mm, the adept right. that she was working with, uh, or the initiate that she was working with, the lower rank, uh, didn't really know anything about shaping. So Nenium was asking, like, what did the last shaper, master shaper do with you? Like, why are you so useless? And the guy tells him, or tells her that, his job wasn't to do any shaping. It was just to tell him stories where yeah. he took Yuzon Vong children's tales and had to modify them to be more adult. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just a bunch of... This is where all the, the creepy master shapers go. Yeah, it's basically like putting them out to pasture in the old fucking dying world ship that's still outside the galaxy because it can't even go faster than light anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not a, not really the, the highest posting ever. No. And everyone knows, like, she doesn't quite realize this, but the ship's dead. Like, it's not it's not salvageable. Yeah. Well, she, she kind of realizes it, but she's hoping she can discover something. She ultimately yeah. finds out she can't, but at yeah. least she gives yeah. it a nice try. She gives it the old college try. And maybe she could have had she, you know, not been called to a higher purpose and actually been able to experiment and find new kind of... Uh, new protocols and stuff but yeah she's called to a higher purpose and she's like yeah actually don't give a fuck about these people really yeah the new republic killed them yeah because they blew up the new world ship when like let's be honest shamed ones probably weren't going to be moved to the world ship they probably would have used it for something else uh i don't know i think they were still going to put like most of the world ships the people on them are either shamed ones or there's got to be like a normal people cast cast as well we never really see that. I don't think it's just like warriors, intendants, prefix, priests, and shamans. You'd think there has to be something a bit more, like the, like the shopkeepers. And, guess, well, builders are no, shapers. Because spalers would be shapers. But. Yeah, I I actually think that um that the the Yuzhan Vong are incredibly based and have uh, let go of all kind of consumption and have fully fully kind of accepted a community. They clearly um, haven't. They just they're the Flintstones. Yeah. That's that's true. Fred and Barney would have been in the pre the Peace Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fuckers. Hey boo boo, that's some that's Yogi. <laughs> that's Yogi Bear. Still Hanna Barbera, still counts. Still there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but do. Um Was Yogi's voice actor Barney's as well? I think that's what got me there. I, I never I thought about know. it before, but that's got to be where that association came from. Got to be, it's got to be. I imagine it was like six dudes doing all doing all of it, yeah. even the women. Yeah. <laughs> Fran, did you remember to take out the Jedi corpses tonight? 
I'll do it later. Kelvis um, New is starting to smell. All right, Kelvis New. So that brings us to the other plot we've got going. We've got Anakin uh, is on the errant venture. Well, let's just kind of talk about Anakin and Jason. So there's, let's talk about the Jedi in total or in general. So the Jedi are setting up kind of their uh, their refugee um, lanes. Basically, what what do they call it again? Luke's uh, uh, Great River. Build me a Great River, Han, with no further yeah. instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Luke, Luke is like Luke is in his. This is Luke's first girlfriend, so give him some slack. He's kind of <laughs> he kind of likes her a lot. But um, yeah. So they're trying to make this like route that will ferry Jedi and also supplies and. Very Jedi into the secret bases and out of secret bases. Um, and we get, so Anakin and Tahiri. Tahiri's still recovering from the attempted Vong shaping uh, from the past book. They're on the errant venture. And uh, we see them go on an adventure where they go to Yogg-Duel. An errant adventure? Errant adventure. They go to Yogg-Duel with Corn Horn. Um, they kiss for the first time. Very cute. Very nice. Uh, and Jason is kind of, I'm trying to think of what Jason and they run into Watto maybe <laughs> like, yeah. He, is that Watto? We had, that's no, gotta be Watto. Uh, Watto's dead by now. You think? He's gotta be. That's probably a thing that's been confirmed somewhere if it is, but, uh, Anakin or rather Jason is off with Han and Leia, who we we heard they were doing stuff in the last few books, which I think this is the first time we're really seeing what the hell they've been up to. Uh, but they're kind of like hunting down Peace Brigade pirates, trying to get people on board with their, their plans and stop all the Jedi hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing is just that Jason and Han are having their big philosophical blowout. Han's clearly made a lot of progress with... Uh, his chewy morning he's a lot better with leia in this book he makes a few comments and handles the chewy death much better uh but jason is still an arrogant little piece of shit talking about how like he i don't know if he thinks the war will just go away jason's a fucking moron i'm I'm getting tired of it (laughs) getting tired of it yeah yeah uh but uh, leia reminded me of my mom in this when like when she has that talk with jason where she's basically like Listen, your father and I will love you no matter what, but you might need to help us fight the war. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there is, yeah. towards the end, like, they meet with Talon Card in the, in the cantina. We get a, a cool showdown there on Tatooine. Not the cantina, though. No, a new no. cantina. It's explicitly a new, the better cantina. Mm. Uh, but we get into an engagement where Han does some, some cool stuff with uh, liquid hydrogen. And if he hadn't, uh, then Leia would have reminded me a lot more of my mom because she would have been dead. <laughs> nice. Nice. I had to blow through the plot to get to that setup. Yeah. It's, Star Wars shouldn't handle science like that. Like, I don't think it does a good job. You didn't like that like he jettisoned this small container and then it surrounded the entire ship and they were able to shoot throw through and yeah and jason's like it it only worked because of the micro black hole the the quantum singularity and it pulled all the gas it's like shut the fuck up man like it only worked because it stayed still sound travels in your universe what are you talking about (laughs) in the vacuum like what are you actually talking about jason quantum black hole like what the fuck does that actually mean (laughs) well leia does say like oh well 
this is great. We can use this more in the future. And Han's like, no, if it had moved slightly, it would have been the end of the universe. So we're, yeah, he really clears it up for us. I got to go, by the way, I got to go defend my fucking PhD in quantum physics, by the way. (laughs) I shoot funny canister at ship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And I there's parts like that I liked of Han in this book. Like he's got a couple of classic moments where like he's about to he does a really reckless maneuver and Leia's like, What the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I did it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that but then there's others like anytime Han ta- starts talking about science, like he should be good at like engineering, mechanical stuff, totally, but when it's like Yeah. Yeah, he's he's creative and spunky though, so I don't know. Yeah. We did yeah. get uh some philosophy references. With uh, with K Quad and Nen Yim, mm-hmm. where rather than fixing the world ship, he wants to make the perfect grasshopper, and <laughs> yeah. we get the uh, Plato's cave situation where <laughs> you think you've seen <laughs> some Grutchins before, but there's a perfect yeah. Grutchin out there, and I want my yeah. <laughs> cutie pie grasshopper. <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. that was fun. That whole. That whole scene was probably that whole bit was probably my favorite part of the book, other than, you know, the fact that I can only remember four Yuzhan Vong names yeah. and I completely yeah. forgot that Onimi did that. So, me too. Uh, if there's stuff, so yeah, anything else to say about Jason's story there? I don't. I don't really think I'm just so. I'm, I'm I'm getting sick of it. Just fucking getting he's better, really sick of he's it. He's better than next few books. Like we're leading up to the best Jason story ever in a couple I books. Can't wait till his Yeah, and I can't wait till his brother dies. I'm just saying. Well, that's one book from now. Yep. We have the longest Star War coming up. Uh but Yeah, so Anakin, I guess is Anakin, Tahiri and Corin. They go on their supply run. They end up at Ariadu. Uh, they see a dead Jedi, or a Jedi dying, mm-hmm. who whispers in nice Rodian into their ear, McClunky, which means go to Yagdol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they go to Yagdol, and they find out that uh, Anakin and Tahiri kissed. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Anakin, that's kind of weird. Two-year age gap. And then, he, and then he's like, but to be honest, your sister is being hit on by Kip Duran, so it could be worse. It's a two-year age gap. I mean, 14 and... No, if it's 16? fine. I was just joking. Yeah, they were 14 and 16. It was just, it was literally just for the... Uh, just for my joke, that's all. Well. That's like what? Although, to be honest, it's that's the point where it gets really weird. Like, in grade 10, I never would have dated someone in grade 9. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, in America... In a lot of schools, that's like, because like, in Canada, at least where I am, you've got junior high, which ends at 9, then high school that starts at 10, in Nova Scotia at least. And dating down a school, uh-uh. No. Um, but I know in like in many places in America, it's like, um, you've got four Six years of high school, so. 10. Wait, Well, don't what? most American high schools do, don't they do like, um, what's it called, uh, freshman, freshman, sophomore junior and senior where it's like four years of high school that's what we do in ontario as well oh that's what you do yeah and yeah. here we we do three years of high school you don't three count years grade of nine high. as okay we no, don't have as much of high. a separation between like junior high and other stuff like mm-hmm. for us it's more uh kindergarten one two three then four five six seven eight. Oh, and really then nine ten eleven oh. like there are some that are some schools that are grades 
uh, like kindergarten through grade eight. So I went to my first school was kindergarten through grade three. My next school was uh, was four grades four through eight, but I got moved over to a one through eight for a uh, program mm. I was in, and then for nerds, yeah, yeah, makes sense. My my nerd program, and then we had nine, ten, eleven, twelve as high school. Like normally, yeah, so for here it's six, seven, eight, or seven, eight is considered middle school, but we never really had the exact breakdown like that well you were also kind of somewhere more rural weren't you uh just so the first two schools i went to were in like a village outside of niagara but after that okay. the schools i went to for grade six seven eight in high school those were all in the, right. in the big city of niagara so it was so just that for here it's you do primary which is like or now you have even pre-primary which is like my son is in and he's three he's turning four so you got pre-primary all the way to grade six and then you've got and then junior high is grade seven eight and nine mm-hmm. and then high school is just three years 10 11 12 yeah that's crazy yeah wild that's crazy either way if you're that's like 16 is like grade 10 and like and 14 is like grade eight i couldn't have done that well Let's say, yeah, like, let, let's say that Anakin is a young 16 and Tahiri is an old 14. So maybe there's like only 14 mm-hmm. months in there. It's hard to Gotta see when the sure. cutoff is. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. like it could be grade 10 and nine. Maybe. We'll, we'll give him the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt there. I remember. No, I remember specific, very specifically. I was in grade 10 and I got asked out by a girl who was in grade nine at, at a school in like not in the feeder school that I came from, but a different school. And I remember asking my uh, my fucking English teacher. His name was Miss Giffen, and I was I asked her like, should I do it? And she was like, she started shrieking like, no, you can't do that, and just like screaming about it. So maybe that's affecting my kind of why would you why would you ask a teacher about that? Oh, Miss Giffen was just really cool. People would just she was just people would just go to her classroom and hang out. Like she was just cool. She was just one of those teachers okay yeah interesting i i don't know that any of our teachers at at any of my schools ever gave much dating advice to be honest even the cool ones i don't know that there's anyone in my classes who would ever have thought you know who i should ask about this dating situation is a teacher so that might be a you thing more than a people would like people would like this would have been like a situation where four of us probably left another class to go hang out with in Miss Giffen's classroom and she just put on a movie or something. She was just cool. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm so edumacated. Mm-hmm. So who's the Miss Giffen of the Jedi Academy? Is that Tion? Or Corin? Yeah. Corin's a bit too strict, I think. He's a like, yeah, he's a Corin's too strict. He's yeah. A... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um not Corin. Probably Tion, yeah. Right, we're going with Tion. Yeah. Uh, she plays she plays music, which is a cool teacher thing to do. Yeah. I don't know that there's much development or many plot relevant things that happen with Anakin, Tahiri, and Korn other than uh they kiss before going on our big dangerous mission next book. Um like they went on the supply run, things went bad, they got to Yagdol, the given are funny, they do math for names of stuff which goes a little bit far 
but it's I can still... imagine them being super addicted to their phones. That's all I could imagine. Like they're always like checking their fucking phones, like reading combat shit. Like just talk to somebody, you know? Yeah. Like these are these are iPad kids taken to a million. Yeah, these are the people that were in my class in grade six, seven, eight. Yeah. I was in a special given class. All right. Do you want to give a ranking, or do you have any more notes you want to go over? Uh, I think I covered most of my notes. Um, like, oh yeah, I, I'd uh, Luke said when did Rogue Squadron care about politics? When like that's the entire fucking point of the first four novels. Yeah. But whatever. This is a C for me. This is a I C didn't really for enjoy you? it that much. Yeah, especially when I was reading Lost Stars, um, which is like a million times better. And I... Especially the romance between, between Tahiri and Anakin. I, which I like, but like compared to Lost Stars, it's a, it's a C. Not bad, very average. So I was... I wasn't reading another Star Wars book at the same time, so uh, my mm-hmm. take at the time was uh, a B, I think, going through it. But it's, it's one of the ones that I could easily see myself dropping in context later on. Uh, once we mm-hmm. do another re-ranking somewhere, uh, so I'm putting it as a as a B for right now. You're okay. putting it as a C. Yep. All right. Uh, so okay. I don't know if we got any reviews. If you want to go into that, did you look? Oh no, I'll look for next episode. Okay. Uh, we got one email which I think we're gonna save for Andor because uh, it's about some Galactic Civil War stuff. So, okay. oh I, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, didn't we? I think we might have got one email about this when we were starting. Did we or not? Uh, no, unless we got it in the last few minutes. Because it, it okay. was the one about the Galactic Civil War was titled Rebirth. Oh, uh, okay, uh, gotcha. But it was about the Galactic Civil War, so uh, we'll get okay. to that next time, Joel. Uh, we did get, I guess, a suggestion from Mark, who said an idea for a podcast is a series revisit. For example, in a show to talk about a whole series rather than each book, could rank them, pick out highlights and lowlights, etc. Uh, so for any revisiting stuff to potentially do, uh, do it by series rather than by book. Sure. So that's a potential way to do it. My main concern with it would be that we wouldn't necessarily have time to actually read the books if we're doing like yeah, a full series if, for one podcast. And if you don't read them, like if, like I can't, you, there's so many books, it's hard to kind of pick out the highlights without rereading it. Like if I'm thinking of like the Jedi Academy trilogy, it's hard for me to really think of all the highlights and lowlights without rereading it, just to be honest. Yeah, so like those kind of reviews, we tend to end up being more uh, when we do the re-rankings or the ranking cleanups, which we might want to do before the end of the year. Uh, yeah, probably. Because what episode are we on? This should be episode 119 of Tapcalf, maybe for somewhere around 150, We or probably before then. Who knows? Yeah. But we should definitely do that again sometime. Yeah, I think it's... I think the. Uh... The sacred timeline has become somewhat muddled, so... Yeah. A little cleanup could could do everyone some good. There you go. We're going to Marie Kondo our rankings. Yep. Uh, Fucking this book. This book did only brought me moderate, moderate amounts of joy, so... Oh, wow. It's it's going in the bin? No, it's just moderate amount of joy, so I'm going to put it at a site and try not to think about it. Okay. It goes in a desk drawer rather than on the shelf. Yeah. 
exactly. Do you have a, a bookshelf situation that you're happy with? I know that was a thing you were worried about uh, a few years not, ago. Not right now. So I've got out in my, um, my living room, I've got three shelves built into the wall where I've got all my Star Wars books now. Um, but I would like them in the office somewhere. Um, for me, it's like we really want a new house. So I'm trying not to collect too much shit. Um, just because it's warm enough to move eventually. Um, and honestly, my office is really small. So yeah. clutter builds up very quickly. Like if I had a bookshelf, I'd, this is as far as I'd be able to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, probably, but nothing as nice as... I'm really jealous of your bookshelf setup. It cost me like 75 bucks. How did you... Did you get them from um, used, or what was the situation again? Uh, they're just like the Ikea most basic Ikea, bookshelf. Yeah. So That was the one I was going to get to. The, what's it called again? Whatever. The most, there's the one bookshelf that everyone fucking gets. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to do, too. Yeah, I recommend it. There's nothing wrong with them. I wanted, like, no. a different color, like, more of a wood grain kind of thing rather than the, the straight black mm -hmm. or straight white. But for that, you have to get, like, one step up, which triples the price, basically. So, like, no. Yeah. That no. was another one of the things for me. They only had one one of the colors available, and I didn't like it. But, but yeah. This has been the Bookshelf Discussion Hour. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, No, we got... What was the genesis of that discussion again? We were just talking about... Oh, re-rankings, right? Yeah. And you said this yeah. didn't bring you much joy, so Marie Kondo. And then uh, Marie get Kondo, rid of the, yeah. Get rid of the book, and then I it's got reminded of the... kind of a tenuous connection. Well, but... I got reminded of the, the prior discussions we've had about, like, office and book stuff, and I was wondering, as your friend, if you had gone mm -hmm. anywhere with that. If I were going to stay in this house, I've got a big rec room right up there. Uh, I would cut that in half. And make it make it half my office um, because it's like it would be this wide, but it would be much kind of further this way. So, but that's a big job. I'm not handy. But do the women find you handsome? Not particularly. No. <laughs> then you are not following Red's tenants. No, I can't. I can't make. I can't make a um, a truck hot tub. Or go pick up a bunch of women. So I'm pretty much a Canadian failure. I wonder if Bill is still alive. I'd be sad if I looked up Steve or uh, Rick Green. He was dead. Because that was that was the guy that's actually named Rick Green, right? Bill. Yeah. And then Steve Smith was Red Green. But anyways, we have Andor or not tomorrow next week. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the 22nd, 21st, 20 something, 22nd week after that is allegedly going to be lost stars. Um, uh, mm -hmm. see what I was thinking was going to happen was we do, uh, and or tales of the Jedi or something. And then we'd have, uh, I guess the sixth is going to be okay. No, no, what, what we're just you, Okay. No, what you were saying makes more sense. So, mm -hmm. and or next week. Plan mm -hmm. on Lost Stars the week after. If we can't, I kind of really want to do that with Alex, so we'd maybe yeah. work that around, whether he's available or not. If not, throw in Tales of the Jedi or just do the show episode. Show episode after that, and then ideally on the 6th, unless something else gets moved, we do Destiny, or Star by Star. Mm -hmm. That is the current plan. 
Both the red-green guys are still alive. Now that is epic. And with that good news, thank you for watching, everyone. Remember, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>